Ding, 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 ding. Welcome to Talking Pictures Trivia, the podcast in which a group of Welcome to Talking Pictures Trivia, the podcast in which a group of The podcast in which a group of The podcast in which a group of B-Side. Hello, and finally, it is B-Side, and I'm Tom. Want to apologize for the delay with these episodes? I am in the midst of writing a doctoral dissertation, and that has more or less taken over my life for the last few weeks. And so I'm hoping to, to churn out a few B-sides, but if, if you want to know what has delayed me, it has been just that. And today I'm going to be talking about a good old film that we just covered, and this is 1984's Ghostbusters, directed by Ivan Reitman. And I really, I'm not the hugest fan of Ghostbusters. I said this in the episode, and I do enjoy the movie, but I don't have the same sort of um, extreme glow that my my co-hosts had for it. Uh, But I do find Bill Murray to be a fascinating performer, and his uh, Peter Venkman is one of these, I think, really great Bill Murray performances. And in the episode, I had compared Venkman and really Murray as Venkman as a kind of Falstaffian figure. This, of course, refers to Sir John Falstaff, one of Shakespeare's great creations from Henry the Fourth, Part One, Part Two. Henry V, and then he was later revived from death, Sir John Falstaff was, for the Merry Wives of Windsor. Now, Falstaff in these plays is a friend of Hal. Hal is the son of Henry IV and will become the future Henry V. And in Henry IV, Henry IV is on the throne, and Hal, the young prince, is kind of irresponsibly hanging out with this very, very rotund, drunkard, and whoremonger, Sir Jack Falstaff and his gang. What the Henry IV plays Trace is how Hal Hal becomes Henry, how he becomes Henry V, and how he kind of grows up and takes on the responsibility and becomes a legendary king. Henry V is sort of famous for defeating the French at Agincourt, and the the plays follow that line. Um, But Falstaff is a bit of a different character. As I said, he likes to drink, he likes to party, he's not particularly brave, even though he goes to war for his good buddy Hal. He is, however, endlessly witty, endlessly funny, He's not only the life of the party, but he is sort of a, a genius for observation. Um, he's also a pure hedonist. He absolutely loves pleasure. Um, and he's a knight. Yes, he's been knighted, but he's proudly a knight in name only. He doesn't risk his neck needlessly. He isn't what we would call brave in any way. Uh, Charles Swinburne, the the poet and critic, uh, saw Falstaff as one of these great characters for his intellectual abilities and his what, what Swinburne refers to as moral elevation. Uh, by moral elevation, Swinburne does not mean 
social morality, um, which we might think of as, in its extreme version, a sort of Puritan prescribed way of behaving in society that hopefully, at least according to the Puritan, you'll ingest and uh, actually begin to believe. You'll just do the actions, but you'll believe them. And that's this social morality, this kind of panopticon-based way of behaving. Um, but Harold Bloom reads Swinburne as meaning, not that, but a sort of morality of the heart and of the imagination. Um, moral judgment in Shakespeare is, is kind of an anathema. Um, Shakespeare is the probably the least puritanical writer of, of all time. Um, we might say, uh, you know, somebody like uh, the Marquis de Sade might be less puritanical, but, you know, the Marquis de Sade sort of insists too much in some ways. Shakespeare really doesn't. Shakespeare really is um, about freedom. And the code of the heart, this kind of morality that I think Swinburne is talking about, is this freedom. And Falstaff is free. His pleasures give him freedom. His lack of pretense gives him freedom. And it also, therefore, gives him, within the framework of, of Shakespeare's characters, this highest of moral elevations that's born from a desire and born from a will to live. And Bill Murray has always been our country's Falstaff, the, the American Falstaff, even though he is a more slender version. But he does have a, a great wit. And his, his Vankman struts through Ghostbusters, flirting with anyone available. Um, he dodges duty. Um, he waits out problems and complications. He's never the first person to run into a battle. Um, he's always willing to negotiate someone else's money. Uh, he's easily horny. He's easily bored. He's self-interested. Um, he knows money is easily won and easily lost. He doesn't worry about it. Women matter more, after all. He also kind of wears his credentials like a badge, but one he doesn't take too seriously. He, you know, has a degrees in psychology and parapsychology. But as Sigourney Weaver's character says, you don't act like a scientist. And indeed, everything Vankman does seems to be a, a behavior that is an anathema to this sort of scientific stereotype. That, you know, kind of way of behaving in, in, with, the, with the bow tie and the kind of buttoned up personality. That is in Vankman. And his, his PhDs, which seem to be kind of like his version of being knighted, his version of being uh, Sir Falstaff, um, he's Dr. Vankman. Uh, he's, he's proud of them. He has them. But he also doesn't take them too seriously. And, and we, as audience members, don't take them too seriously either. Uh, it's hard to imagine this man ever having the, the discipline to get through a PhD program. Um, one imagines he sort of flirted his way in and out. But, you know, who knows? That's the impression I get. And, and that's the kind of the equivalence I see there as well. But Peter Venkman, as Bill Murray also does, has authority. And his authority comes from his individuality. 
not his brains, though he has them. Um, it doesn't come from his purse, from his, he, he doesn't have that much money. Uh, his authority, it just comes from the fact that he is more of an individual. He sticks out more. He doesn't blend in with society more um, than anyone else, right? There's more of him in the world. What we see then is that this this Vankman is sort of this force against power. What I mean by that is, I'm going to take this from um, Anthony Burgess, and Anthony Burgess, you probably know him as the author of A Clockwork Orange, and Burgess gave us the reading of Falstaff. Uh, this is drawn from, from Henry V, and this is what Burgess said about Falstaff. The Falstaffian spirit is a great sustainer of civilization. It disappears when the state is too powerful, and when people worry too much about their souls. There is little of Falstaff's substance in the world now, and as the power of the state expands, what is left will be liquidated. End quote. So we could see here that Burgess is setting up a, a dichotomy between the Falstaffian spirit of the individual, which he sees as the sustainer of civilization, as he says, as the things that, that kind of keep us going. And you can imagine civilization for Burgess as sort of a, a civilization of um, love, right? Of the mind, of the culture that allows us to share enough to love one another, right? That seems to be what civilization means for Burgess, at least as I read him. And in this film, we see that within the Ghostbusters, within that, that community of three and then later four. Uh, the alternative to this is Peck. This is the the EPA man who comes in and uh, he wants to shut them down. He wants to shut them down basically because he's heard rumors on the news. And really we get the impression he wants to shut them down because there's something he can't control. And Peck is a person who controls things. Peck has no heart. Um, Peck has no spleen. He has no love. He's against civilization. He is authority. He seeks to scrub clean the world of the unexplained, the fantastical, the risky, the strange, those things that make individuals and those things that also center communities. Peck is a bureaucrat. He wants things in their proper boxes. And the Ghostbusters, as these um, entrepreneurial people, and these innovators, they develop new technology that no one has seen. They begin to serve a need no one knew they had until the Ghostbusters come along, and also the ghosts. And Peck doesn't understand this. He doesn't understand that this, this collection of innovations housed under the title Ghostbusters is actually a force for civilization. And that's all the more resonant in the fact that the, the thing that the Ghostbusters deal with is the product of fantasy. Within the film, it's not fantasy. These are real ghosts, according to the, the narrative of the film. But they're the things that we think of as ghosts. They're kind of a product of our collective fantasies that we put on the world, that we imagine stand behind the world. This is something you can't really quantify, even though Ray and Egon try to quantify it. Um, but you, you really can't. And Peck is a person 
who likes quantities, who likes things measured and controlled. He's the spirit of authority. He's what Hal eventually becomes. He becomes Henry V, who then hangs his friends for minor crimes. Um, but Peck is, isn't exactly Henry V as Shakespeare gives it to us. Shakespeare's Henry V is brave. He's noble. He knows how to lead people. Um, Henry V has a great deal of imagination, even though he doesn't have Falstaffs. But then again, who does? Um, Peck, rather, is peckless. He has, uh, as they mention in the Ghostbusters film, um, he's a man without followers. He's a man with a bureaucracy, but a man without a nation. Um, this man has no dick, Peter Venkman tells us. Uh, and that's kind of metaphorically true. Peck can't make anything, right? Instead of creation, he regulates. Instead of pleasure, he pesters. That's why he has no dick. That's why he can't create. And this is the core of the movie, I think, or as I read Ghostbusters. There's this Falstaffian hero, Edmissimore, cut off versions of the hero right and we have we have versions of these heroes that surround uh, uh bill murray's vankman we have egon but egon is all brain ray is our standard straight man we might call him the heart of the movie um but they sort of fall away when bill murray is on screen um because bill murray is eventually through the sheer will and audacity of his personality eventually the authority and it's authority that doesn't come from power but from the imagination of the person and the pleasure that that ima imagination permits this has been b-side thank you very much <laughs>